return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Also, a tremendously blessed scientist. And uh, we're thankful, thankful for your time here. And, uh, and you might share. When you're, where you're going from here, amen, as well, as far as stuff. Yeah, let you go there. Okay. That's welcome. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Dave. Amen. Uh, God bless everyone for coming tonight. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he put me on the spotlight, but. Yeah. <laughs> People don't know. They yeah, so, yeah, we've been doing some research um, in cancer. So basically, I'm working on multi-drug resistance in cancer, yeah. I'm trying to find ways to understand ways by which cancer cells can go rogue yeah. and are able to survive in the midst of like the therapies we are producing in recent times. So, yeah. so if you look at cancer cells, they are basic, basically like normal cells with some modifications. And for you, to be effect, for you to effectively treat these cancer cells, you should be able to identify how different they are from the normal cells. So scientists are asking questions. People are trying to understand what is so different about cancer cells. What makes them so robust? What makes them so um, resistant? Once we're able to know those features on cancer cells that make them different from normal cells, then we'll be able to target them, and then we'll be able to win the fight against cancer. Amen. Yeah. So for me, my, my research group is looking at a part of it. So many people are looking at different aspects. We are looking at how the sugar modifications on cancer cells make them resistant. Right. And we, we've come up with some interesting findings. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to present some of these findings in research conferences. Yeah. And um, very soon, my first paper will be coming out. Um, on what we found on our way. Yeah. Uh, so basically, that is what we are doing. And you just spoke research conference where? Yes, I, so Indianapolis. So Indianapolis. Indianapolis, yeah. So it was a wonderful conference. God being so good, I had I had um, um, a research scholar grant to attend the conference, and it was awesome. People were so much interested in our research, right. and some some professors were trying to push me. <laughs> so the are you interested in doing a postdoc? Yeah, you can get my card. You can reach out to me and all that. Yeah, but yeah, but um, I thank God for this family also. Yes. The Holy Life Tabernacle is a wonderful family. Yes. Um, from the first day, my wife and I set foot here. We've never turned back. Amen. We've never attended any other church in Brookings than Holy Life because we find it as a home for us. Amen. You know, um, worship is awesome. The word is awesome. Pastor Dave, Mama Jeannie, Pastor Randin, they are doing a great job. They are not just shepherds. They are not just preaching to us. Yeah. They are living the word. Amen. And they also care for us. You know, yeah. They will meet you outside and ask you, how are things going? How is it going with research? How is the family going? And, and that, is, that is a church that is alive. You know? yeah. And a church that is alive is where they drive. That is why we always drive here. <laughs> so God richly bless you so much. I remember... Um, when I came, I think in 2020, we visited Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie. 
and we told, we told them about something. You know, I won't say that thing. Eventually, you get to know about that. And Pastor Dave encouraged me and said, that, yeah, it's good. I should, like, pursue it. And three years down the line, it is actually materializing. Yeah. And God bless you so much for, you know, encouraging me. And, and for some time now, we've been praying about things, you know. Yeah. And I must say that God is working. Great things are, you know, coming up. Yeah. I remember we had uh, Pastor Quincy come to yeah. preach some time ago. Yeah. And through his preaching, he was giving some prophetic words. Yeah. And one of them was like hitting me. It was like, it was for me. Yeah. And interestingly, Pastor Randin also believed the word for me. <laughs> because, you know, he's also been praying along with us. Yeah. So, after church, you know, he met me outside and he said, Hey, Isaac, did you hear what came up? And I said, yes. I was believing God for it for you. And I said, wow. Our hearts were synchronized. And, and that is the kind of shepherds we have who also, you know, intercede for us. So yeah. Yeah. it's been a wonderful time here. Um, the, the membership of the church have been awesome. Very wonderful people. Very approachable who always encourage us. And we, we will always, you know, come back, visit. You know, we will not be too far away from here, actually. What's your next step? Yeah, so basically now I'm looking at a senior scientist position in a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's not too far away from here, no, Wisconsin. Yeah, so yeah, so we'll still be seeing each other, you know. And I'm still here for, for maybe two months, so we'll see each other. Amen. Amen. So God richly bless you so much. Also for coming tonight to listen to the word of God. Amen. Yeah, shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? We give you glory, we give you praise, Lord, tonight for such a wonderful time in your presence. We thank you for this fellowship. We believe and we know that you are here in our midst. It's our prayer that tonight you speak to us, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our souls. Transform us even through your word, O Lord. Use me as a vessel to bless your people tonight. May we live here blessed, may we live here victorious. May we live here walking in your plans and your purposes for our lives. May people see us differently because of your presence in our lives. We thank you, we bless you, and we give you all the glory for an answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. So tonight, tonight we'll be talking about I am who God says I am. Amen. I am who God says I am. You know, in, in, this, in this life, there are so many words in the atmosphere, so many people saying so many things. You know, the devil is whispering. People are saying so many things. People have so many opinions, yeah. you know, about us. Right. But the, the truth of the matter is that none of them matters. Right. It is what God says we are yes. that matters. It is who God says we are that matters. So we will take our first scripture reading from Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 17. So when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Yeah. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Amen. So we see Jesus Christ having an interaction with his disciples, you know. Yeah. And then he asked a question, who do people say he is? And from what we read, you know, they said so many things. But he wanted to know what they also thought, you know, he, 
he wanted to know their opinion about him. And Peter came up and gave an answer, a very good answer. You know, he said that you are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. You know, and Jesus said that you know you are blessed because this answer you give, even though it is from your lips, it is not you saying this. You know, this is a great revelation that does not come from a human being, but it comes from the Father in heaven. You know, so you look at this scripture and you realize that there were so many perceptions people had about Jesus. There were so many things people said about Jesus Christ. But what actually mattered to him was what his heavenly father, you know, said about him. And I think it is something that we believers should really hold dear to our hearts, that the word of God is final. The word of God is what matters. You know, as he walked on the surface of the earth, you know, doing the work of God, there were so many perceptions. People said so many things about him. You know, there was a time, even from this question, people say, yeah, who, who do people say I am? He said, Elijah, you know, yeah. Jeremiah. These were all great people in scripture. Right. John the Baptist, the greatest prophet. You know, they mentioned so many, so many wonderful names. But Jesus did not really align himself to these, these you know, these um, names. And there were other people too who didn't speak too well about him. There were people called the Sadducees and then the Pharisees. They, were, they hated Jesus Christ to the core. And anything they said was negative about him. And I believe that if Jesus was just a mere human being, he would have been frustrated and he would have been depressed and he would have even given up on the ministry because God, you know, brought him down to save mankind. And, and why would people say so, much, so many things against him, which, which were not true, you know, but he didn't allow that to distract him. You know, he says so many things against his personality. When you look at scriptures, there was a time that they even called him a rebel. Because he always was opposing, you know, the strict mosaic laws. And and they also said that he was a blasphemous person. Because most of the time, he projected himself as a son of God. And, you know, who are you to tell us that you are the son of God? You know, the Pharisees were people who were learned, they knew scripture, they... They had gone through everything. They knew theology. And they never thought anybody on earth can just see that he is the son of God. And to the, to the point in time that sometimes the things that Jesus said made it look as if he is God to them. And that was like a blasphemous statement, you know, in the eyes of the, of the Pharisees. There were times that he would heal people and people would come to him. And after healing them, he would tell them that, go, your sins are forgiven. You know, who are you to say that? Are you God? So, you know, they saw him as a blasphemous person. And at a point in time, they also considered him as a sinner. When you read uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 15 to 16, you know, we see something happen. Um, While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So they perceived him as the king of sinners. Just because in in those days, the the tax collectors were considered as one of the greatest sinners. You know, and, and, and when you look at scriptures where... You know, Bible was talking about the fact that when there is um, a discourse between, you know, two people, when they are, you know, not talking to each other, you know, Bible gives us the remedies they should, you know, take to resolve the issue. You know, they should see each other 
talk heart to heart, forgive each other. And if they don't, they should take it to the church, you know, and then they will resolve the case. And if they still don't agree, if the person is still bitter, consider the person a pagan or a tax collector. You know, so it, it tells you that in those days, tax collectors were not really valued. They were, they were seen as sinners. And for Jesus Christ to be dining and, you know, you know, mingling with these people, he was considered a sinner, even though he was the son of God. You know, he was even considered as a cursed person. Because when you look at the way he was treated, you know, how he was even taken to the cross, this was done to people who are cursed. In the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible talks about how you should treat people who commit capital offenses. And, and, and one of them was that you hang the person on a tree. And that is a symbol of somebody who is cursed. Galatians 3.13, you know, clarifies this. It says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a pole. I'm just trying to, you know, mention some of the perceptions people had about Christ. What people, you know, said about him. The things that people thought he was, you know. There was even a point in time that he was considered a demon. He was called the prince of demons. When you read Matthew chapter 12, you know, 22 to 24. When they brought a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. You know, the devil can be so bad. Someone who is demon-possessed and at the same time he is blind and mute. This can only be done by the devil, you know. But Jesus healed him. And Bible says that because of what they saw him do, they said that, no, this guy is like the prince of demons, Beelzebub, you know. So that was, how pe- that was what people said he was. People were saying so many things about him. Right. The positives were, you know, likening him to the prophets and all that. And the negatives were giving him all sorts of names, you know. Yeah. So Jesus heard it all. Jesus heard the positives and the negatives. Yeah. But the, the truth of the matter is that he did not accept it as it is. He did not allow the things that people were saying to derail him. He did not allow what the people were saying to obstruct him from achieving God's purpose he gave to him. You know, all that he did was to focus on the cross. All that he did was to look at the glory that laid ahead. And Bible said that because of that, he humbled himself, you know, and was obedient even unto death. And because of that, you know, God exalted him. And he has given him a name above every other name. That at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee in the heavens, on earth, and even under the earth, will, you know, will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God. So you see, Jesus did not allow all the things that people were saying, you know, to take him away from his purpose. He was just ready to die for mankind and save mankind, you know. And he did not accept the opinions of men. And when you look at even the scripture we read in Matthew chapter 16, you, 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 you could see the mentality of Jesus Christ. He said that who do people say the son of man is? And you see, nobody used the son of man. Only Jesus used the son of man in scripture. And when you look at scripture, you know, the word son of man, Jesus used it about 80 times. You know, he used it in the synoptic gospels and then the book of John. I think I was making some research and I realized that in Matthew, he mentioned it 32 times. In Mark, he mentioned it 14 times. In Luke, he mentioned it 26 times. And then in John, it was mentioned 10 times. Nobody mentioned it. He used it to address himself. Right. You know, so he, 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 he knew who he was. Yeah. And I was trying to find out what the meaning of son of man is. And I realized that it's God's Messiah destined over the final judgment of mankind. Mm. So irrespective of the names they were calling him, 
irrespective of what people perceived he was. He, you know, was having the mindset of God. He, he was walking in whom God, thought, God said he was. He was the son of man. Amen. He was the Messiah. That was God's plan for him. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's awesome. He didn't allow people's opinions, you know, to define who he is. And, and that is what tonight God wants me to share with you, that embrace God's, you know, opinion about your life. You know, you are who God says you are, not what man says you are. And, and, and if you choose to define yourself, or you permit people, or even the devil to define who you are, then there will be a problem. Yeah. If you allow people to define who you are, if you yourself defines who you are, or you allow the devil, or you embrace the devil's opinion about your life, yeah. then there is a problem. There are two things that are going to happen if you embrace the opinions of the devil. One, you may end up having an inflated ego. Yeah. You know, when everyone is praising you, when everybody is saying so many things, you, you, you end up, you know, having a false impression about yourself. And then you'll be so arrogant and so proud, and then it will lead to your downfall. Yeah. Remember, that was the way the enemy fell. Yeah. So he always wants believers to be caught up in that, in that web where you'll be so arrogant and so proud because you are listening to what people are saying and you are not listening to what God is saying. Yeah. And then you'll be proud and then you'll fall. Yeah. And I like how Proverbs 16:18 puts it in the Message Bible. It says that first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. You know, this is just to say that you know, uh, pride comes before a fall. Yeah. You know? So if you allow people's opinion to define who you are, there are two things that will happen. One, you can be full of pride. You can be inflated. You have an inflated ego. And then you are going to lose the favor of God. Because the Bible says that God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And when you read the book of um, Second Chronicles, it talks about um, a king called King Uzziah. I'm not going to talk about that. But when you read scripture, the Bible says that he was 16 years when he became a king. And the Bible says that God you know, made his kingship prosperous. Bible says that he conquered nations, he made machines, he agriculture flourished, so many things went well in his yeah. era. I think he reigned for over 50 years. Yeah. And Bible said that so far as he continued to remain under the covering of God and listen to the prophets who were guiding him, Bible said that he continued to prosper. Right. The Bible said that when his fame grew and spread far and wide, Bible said that he became proud. Yeah. And then he fell. So when we, we, we listen to the opinions of people, right. you know, it, it can happen that you have an inflated ego right. and it may lead to your fall. That's and that is what the enemy is looking out for, for believers. Yeah. The second thing that can happen, which is very common in recent time, is that you can lose your sense of self-worth. Yeah. You know, your sense of self-worth can be damaged. You may develop poor self-image. You know, that may lead to depression. That may lead to you feeling that you are hopeless. And eventually you may even have suicidal thoughts. The reason being that the devil has nothing positive for believers. Yeah. The reason being that, you know, the words you may hear, the opinions of people may be heartbreaking. They may not be things that are encouraging. They may not be things that will, that will you know, boost your faith. They will be things that will damage your ego. Yeah. The devil will tell you that you are a sickler. You, you are always sick. The devil will tell you that you are a failure. The devil will bring you all sorts of negative things, you know. Right. But if you take up these opinions, you know, it's going to break you. Right. You're going to feel depressed. Yeah. And you may, you may commit suicide. Now we see suicide skyrocketing all over. Yeah. Not only in the West, even in Africa and so many other places. Depression is on the rise. 
And sometimes people are just taking medications to overcome them. But these things are the works of the enemy. You know, he makes you feel so bad. He makes you feel like there is nothing for you. But that is not the perception of God for you. That is not whom God says you are. God has a different opinion about you. A great opinion, you know. Bible said that he knows the plans he thinks towards us. He has towards us. There are plans that are good, not evil. To give us a future and a hope. That is what God thinks we are. So when we listen to people, when we, we, we listen to the devil, it breaks us. You know, yeah. I was reading and I realized that here in the U.S., you know, suicide is the second leading cause of death yeah. among people between the ages of 15 and 34 years. Yeah. You know, it's the second leading cause of death. Wow. And then so many factors have been attributed to this. And one key factor is low self-esteem. Right. And when I was reading it, it's, it's like, it says that when it's because most of people within this age group, you know, sometimes they just, you know, take up what people say they are. You know, teachers are saying that they are not, you know, they do not measure up. Parents are not saying encouraging words to them. Friends are saying negative words to them. You know, you are not good enough. You are failure. You are not smart. You are not beautiful. So many of these words, you know, negative words break them. And then it puts them in a state of depression. And then people begin to commit suicide. But I believe that that is what the devil wants. And that is not the plan of God. Mm-hmm. I was reading a book and there was this young English man who committed suicide. Um, just because anytime he stood before the mirror, he didn't like what he saw. Mm-hmm. He was always you know, blaming himself that his nose was not a good nose. He had a bad nose. Wow. People, you know, sometimes the devil can use people you know, yeah. to say all these things against you. And sometimes the devil himself can whisper into your ears. He kept saying it and his friends would say, oh, we don't see anything wrong with your nose. But he, he feels like, you know, something is telling him that his nose, his nose is crooked, you know. And then he killed himself. He committed suicide. And, and, and people are pressured to do so many things that are unethical, to do so many things that are not healthy to their body just because of the opinions of people about them, you know. But that is not the plan for, of God for our lives. For the enemy, he wants us to fall short of God's glory. For the enemy, he does not want us to enjoy the blessings of God to the fullest. The enemy always wants us, you know, to crumble. And always wants us to be on the low side. You know, you don't have to allow people to define you. Don't allow Satan to define you. Just listen to who God says you are. And let your reality be God's opinion. Or let God's opinion be your reality. You know, I read something in the book of Genesis chapter 17. It's, it's interesting. We've all read it before about Abraham, where his name was changed. When, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Yeah. You know, this, this, is, this is God trying to, you know, let Abraham know who he thinks he is. Right. You know, who he thinks he is. And I was just wondering, imagine after this, you know, um, revelation God had given to Abraham. Let's say the next day Abraham yeah. goes for goes for a party, okay? He goes to a friend's house for a party, and then everyone is asked to introduce themselves. And then, you know, everyone stands up, mentions their name, and then it's, it's the time of, Abraham, it's the turn of Abraham to also mention his name. Mm-hmm. And then he says that, um, 
I'm Abraham. I used to be called Abraham. But now I'm Abraham. Meaning father of many nations. And then a friend will you know, interrupt him and say that, um, excuse me, what are you saying? You know, we know you to be Abraham. And why do you say you are father of many nations? Because obviously we all know that you do not have a child. You and your wife are, you know, grown up. Your, your reproductive clock is, I think, is shut down, it's crashed. You know, there is no hope for it. And um, why do you say you are father of many nations? Yeah. And then Abraham will respond and say, yeah, it's true, physically, that is what you are saying. But I am who God says I am. Amen. And that is what God wants us to you know, to know. That, that it doesn't matter what we are going through. It doesn't matter what we feel you know, in the flesh. It doesn't matter what is looming in our lives. The opinion of God or the plan of God, the word of God, is totally positive and good for us. And he wants us to walk in that reality. You know, and, and, and interestingly, that was what, you know, happened. You know, what he believed, the word of God he believed became a reality for him. You know, not only did he become the father of, you know, many nations biologically, you know, Israel and all that, but spiritually he also became a father of, 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 of nations. Yes. When you read the book of Galatians chapter 3, 29, Bible says something. He said that if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And hence, according to the promise. So you and I belong to Christ. So by virtue of the fact that Abraham did not accept his age, Abraham did not accept his condition and his situation, and believe God's word, and allow God's God's word to become his reality, he was able to become the father of many nations. Mm -hmm. And then spiritually, you and I have been connected to him. You know, none of us are Israelites. None of us are Jews, you know. I know, I know Americans, most of you, you know, have your, you can trace it from the Europe lineage. I don't know anybody who is here who is an Israelite. We are all right. Americans, Africans, right? But we are all seeds of Abraham. Amen. Because we belong to Christ. Amen. Because we belong to Christ. So, 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 when we, we embrace who God says we are, it becomes our reality. Yes. And it nullifies anything the enemy says. It nullifies any words humans see concerning our lives. So we are who God says we are. We are who God says we are. And God's validation overrides any other opinions. You know, be it from man or be it from the devil. You know, when you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10, Paul said that I am what I am because of the grace of God. Yep. You know, when he was talking to the church in Corinth, he was telling them that what he received of God is what he has given to them. Yep. And he was telling them that Jesus Christ died, you know, and then he was buried. And on the third day, he rose up. And then he was revealed unto Peter and the 12 disciples. And then he also appeared to the 500. And then he was the last person Jesus appeared to. He said that he was the least of the apostles. He didn't even consider to use to be called an apostle because he persecuted the church. And even at the time, people have still not understood the fact that he's an apostle. Some of the believers at the time were, were wary of him. They, they were afraid. What if this guy, you know, goes back to his original mood and then start killing us and all that? They have still not accepted him. But he said that he is who he is because of the grace of God. He acknowledged the fact that God has made him who he was. And he was not, you know, relating to the old things that he did. He was not, you know, embracing the things that people were saying about him. All that he believed in was what God has said concerning him. And that is what God wants us, you know, to believe in as children of God. Hold on to what he says we are, you know. 
So tonight, I don't know what you know you may be going through. I don't know your situation. I don't know the problem in your life. But one thing I know is that God's opinion, God's opinions, God's thoughts, and God's plan are great and positive. You know, His reports are always the good reports. His reports trumps and overrides every bad report. Every bad report, you know. And then all his intentions for us are good. And his intentions for us are all enshrined in the word of God, in the scripture, you know. So if the devil is making you feel that you are worthless, tonight I want you to know that God says that you are valuable. And, 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 And we are who God says we are, not what the enemy says we are. You know, and when you look at the word of God, you know, there are so many scriptures, you know, if the devil is telling you that it is impossible to achieve something you want to achieve, you know, remember the word of God in Luke chapter 18, verse 27. Bible says that what is impossible with man is possible with God. That is God's opinion for us. That is God's word for us. You know, if, 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 if you are so weary, you are so tired, you know, and the devil is whispering and people are saying that give up, you know, you cannot achieve it. Know the word of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. He says that his grace is sufficient for you and his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. You know, if, 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 if the devil is making you feel like you have sinned and nobody really loves you, I want you to know that God says that he loves you. In the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, he said that see what manner of love the Father has bestowed on you. You know, that you, you are called the child of God. And yes, indeed, you are. You know, you are loved of God. And if you feel like your body, your, 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 your body is weak and you, are, you, are, you have been diagnosed with a disease and, and the devil is whispering, telling you that, oh, you are not going to be healed. You are going to die out of this disease. Yeah. Know that the word of God says in the book of Psalm 118 verse 17 that you will not die, but you will live to Amen. proclaim the word of God Amen. and what God has done. Amen. That is who God says we are, yes. you know. Positive confessions through the word of God. Amen. Nullifying everything the enemy is whispering. Yes. Embracing the word of God. If the devil tells you that you are not intelligent, you are not smart, you know, you are dumb. You tell him that James 1.5, Bible says that if you lack wisdom, you should ask of God. Yes. It is he who gives liberally, liberally. and he does not abrade. He does not discriminate. You know, he's the source of all wisdom. Amen. And he has made it available unto his people. Yes. If, if somebody is telling you that you are, you are not handsome, you are not beautiful enough, you know, you tell the person in the book of Psalm 139, verse 14, Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are God's masterpiece, you know. And that is the word of God for us. You know, if, if the devil says that you are a failure, you tell the devil that, Bible says that I shall be the head and not the tail. You know, I shall always be above and not beneath. That is the word of God for us, you know. And then when it gets to a point in time, you feel like you are, you are tired. And the devil tells you that you have no protection. Yeah. You are defenseless. Nobody is fighting for you. Yeah. The word of God in Psalm 17 verse 8, the Bible says that we are the apple of God's eye. Amen. You know, if we are the apple of God's eye, it means that his eyes is set on us. Yeah. He's, he's protecting us. He's preserving us. He's delivering us. And this is the word of God concerning yeah. us as children of God. So tonight, I just want to encourage you with the word of God that we are who God says we are, yes. not what man says, not what man says, not what the devil says, Amen. because the word of God always overrides what the enemy says. Yes. And, 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 and Abraham believed God's word, Amen. 
And because of that, his life, you know, he lived in the reality of God's word. What men thought was, impos- what men thought was impossible, you know, what, what scientists thought was, was impossible, you know, God made it possible. So it doesn't matter how you feel. It is God's word that matters. Amen. So when we, we, we invoke the word of God, when we hold on to the word of God, and when we make the word of God our reality, yeah. it changes our lives. Yes. So tonight, we are who God says we are. Yes. So forget about everything you are hearing. Amen. And just delve deep into the word of God. Amen. This is the word God wants me to encourage you with yes. tonight, yes. that Amen. we are who God says we are. Yes. So may the Lord bless us tonight. Yes. And may the Lord continue to re-echo his word in our hearts. May, may any time we feel depressed, any time we feel like God is so far away from us, may his word rush deep down into yes. our hearts. And may we be remembered by the Holy Spirit about who God says we are. Yes. And may we begin to walk in that reality. And it is my prayer that even if you are sick, it is my prayer that even if you are facing any challenge, any yes. difficulty, may what God says you are be your reality. Yes. May that sickness not take your life. May that pain not take away your life. May the word of God you know, bring forth life in you. Yes. May the Spirit of God revive every dead thing in you. Yes. And may the word of God concerning your life come Thank to pass. Yeah. We, we bless God and we honor God tonight for his word. Yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. Amen. 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 If anyone needs prayer, yeah, you can come up for it. God bless Amen. you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.